Okay, we are live for a Friday edition of the Mike and Mario Show. Excited to be back. Looking forward to uh, connecting and going through this prior week's events as well as going into what could be in April. But before we do that, Mario, how you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing well this April April Fool's Day. It was actually <laughs> snowing this morning when Billy and I went out. Yeah, and it wasn't an April Fool's. It was actually snowing. It's been we've had sunshine, rain, everything all seasons today. But uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, the world the world continues to uh, be quite hectic. Right. But uh, I, I think we all know you and I and our viewers know where where it's heading. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And so, man, let's, uh, it's a, lots of things have unfolded this past week, really showing more of where uh, it looks like the monetary sh- shifting is uh, how it's playing out. So, looking forward to uh, diving in and sharing some thoughts. Got lots of articles. And uh, before we do that, let's check in, make sure uh, everybody's tuning in. Definitely make sure you guys hit the uh, thumbs up button, show your support for the channel. And uh, feel free to throw out thoughts, questions, ideas, suggestions, and we'll try to jump on it as we get, uh, as we get moving. But let's uh, jump right into it, Mario. So, I had a chance to put together a little bit of a visual aid for today's live stream, kind of putting everything from this past week together. But I want to get your thoughts on it. You know, what are you seeing within this visual aid right here? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of things that are real. Yes, there is a ruble banknote, but uh, next to it, you've got oil, you've got gold, you've got a, a gram, uh, a bar, uh, one gram uh, gold bar, and the five thousand. And uh, there's been a lot of speculation. Has Russia gone into a gold standard? I, I don't really think they have gone mm-hmm. into a gold standard or pegged the ruble. But uh, what they, they're trying to do is stabilize the ruble. And they've been succeeded in doing that. There seems to be a floor for the dollar now around 80. I think yeah. right now the dollar is around 85. So the, the dollar has bounced up a little bit versus yeah. the ruble. And uh, yes, there's speculation of whether uh, if we break through, let's say, to uh, break through that 70 level in the ruble, Mm -hmm. that we could go, uh, sorry, 80 level, that we could go to 70. That would correspond to a price of gold about 2,200 or something. Mm -hmm. uh, If you keep that ratio of 5,000 rubles per one gram. So yeah, a a lot of speculation about that. Even I have speculated about that and tweeted about that. But um, it's not just gold. Uh, It's all the other uh, current uh, commodities, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Wheat, uh, natural gas. Uh, As of today, uh, Russia will not sell uh, natural gas to Europe uh, except in... uh, in rubles, yeah. I, I think they're still selling some of their gas in, in euros or dollars mm-hmm. because they might have some long term contracts. But contracts starting from today is only in rubles. Yeah. And uh, of course, Europe is for some reason saying they can't do that. Why? You know, why can't they uh, use the foreign exchange market to, right. to buy rubles? Well, it's because they're trying to uh, really shut out the Russian economy. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, I think um, the West, for example, has a lot of debt and very little uh, commodities. U.S. has commodities, but uh, a lot of debt. Europe has a lot of debt and um, we're highly leveraged. While Russia, on the other hand, has very little debt, is very wealthy uh, resource wise. So I think they got the upper hand. Maybe China, not as, you know, they have a lot of debt, but uh, they have a a huge productive capacity as well. So, yeah, that's what that picture tells me is that we almost have, might get, uh, we could, maybe I could term it, call it the gold curtain, (laughs) you know, because, (laughs) uh, yeah, you had the iron curtain dividing uh, the West and East after World War II. Yeah. Maybe now we're going to have the BRICS nation will be where the, the economy is real. Yeah. People buy and sell real things. Uh, the money is sound, well, relatively sound. And and, and then there's a, a gold curtain. And we're in the West are, you know, in a world of inflation, yeah. uh, uh, government spending, debt, and uh, a rising cost of living. Yeah. Yes, maybe the Russians won't be able to be buying buying Porsches and uh, Louis Vuitton handbags from Europe, but uh, they will be a lot better off. Yeah, 
Yeah, good point. Good point. So yeah, so in, in putting that little visual together, I thought out real quick, and then we'll jump into some articles. But it was I was trying to summarize pretty much the entire week as best I could. You know, just basically showing that one gram for five thousand is what the central bank you know has set as a floor to, as to what they'll be willing to pay for it. And of course, today being April first, not sure if it was April Fool's Day on Russia's part, but it doesn't seem like that. It don't seem to be that way. And so I, I pretty much said that Putin put a hard line in the sand. He drew a line in the sand the way the West has been for the last several decades when it came when it comes to the other things happening between the you know especially in the middle east but it looks like by him basically saying today after today you know pay us on rubles or you know you stand to be shut off from uh from energy now we'll find out later this week how the world responds to that but as of now it's going to be pushback but i think this uh hard line is the sand with you know basically saying pay us in our own or you're going to be without you basically just lets the world know that hey yeah. there's a change of the guard right now well, the other thing as well, uh, the West has pushed Russia into doing that because mm -hmm. they've just uh, stolen basically 300 billion or so in right. uh, fiat currency reserves that they had with Western central banks. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of Russia selling uh, precious or real things to, to Europe and getting paid in, in euros or dollars? And and then have the, those euros and dollars be confiscated again, because mm -hmm. Russia sees this as a default. Yeah, you, you know they they stole their their money. It's like you and I. We we had uh, let's say you have uh, money with your bank. Yeah, and then they 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 see a story about you on the internet and they don't like it and they say, uh, <laughs> you know, Mike, uh, we we've uh, frozen your account. Uh, <laughs> would you put more money with them? I wouldn't. Right, right. So, yeah, so I did an interview earlier this week, uh, and, and the guy was talking about how, based upon all the activity, we've, what we've witnessed is that, you know, the world has recognized that at any moment you can have your assets uh, frozen or the oligarchs, whoever they are, have been, they have their assets seized, seizure of their assets. And then with mm -hmm. Canada, you can have your accounts frozen because of your participation in things that doesn't, you know, comply with what they want you to do. So those are three things that more people are coming to, it's coming to light that, you know, if, if you don't really have it, do you really own it will be the question that people will probably get the answer to this year. But uh, let, let's jump into a couple of headlines real quick. Uh, so this, you know, that, that visual aid basically goes upon this. Uh, so people probably wonder what's, you know, April 1st. But here, a little headline from the West. Take, take from it what you may. But, you know, Putin threatens to shut off gas exports to countries that don't pay in rubles starting April 1st. But the Kremlin offers some wiggle room. And so it looks like more reports are coming out saying that uh, the hard line of the sand is not as hard just because he don't want, you know, I'm not sure. Take, you know, take out it what you may. But here's another little headline that just came out long, long ago. Russia will not turn off gas supplies to Europe from uh, from Friday, according to the Kremlin. So, yeah, uh, I think it's because there are long term contracts that are still running. Yeah. And uh, I guess we need to be clear about that. Yeah, but I think what the Russians mean is that if they want to sign up a contract from today for a month, let's mm -hmm. say it has to be in rubles. But if you have a contract that was signed uh, signed for, let's say, first of December twenty twenty one until the first of May twenty twenty two, that's still running. So I don't think uh, I think that's what they mean because right. I, I think the mainstream media in the West is probably going to try to. Uh, not explain that and just say, oh, they're cutting everything off, and they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to use this to their advantage because outside of the shift that's taking place, you know, like this week alone to me has been a turning point in monetary history because Russia has basically stepped to the forefront and leading this charge away from the petrodollar system. And over here on the West, and I'm sure even in the UK, you know, they're using all types of other things to really divert attention off that. We got what's called the, the Putin price hike at the pumps or something like that. <laughs> it's, it, and all these other things. I'm sure UK got some cliche type stuff to refer to. Yeah, I mean, later. the other thing that I, I saw that you said it was a historic uh, week for the monetary system. And I think you're right. And also, it's just another nail in the coffin of the petrodollar. Mm -hmm. Because we saw yesterday that... Uh, President Biden re released 180 million barrels from yeah. the strategic petroleum reserves. Yeah. And that's a record. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, it, it shows a lot of weakness because he did that 
about an hour after the uh, Saudis and the major OPEC countries mm -hmm. decided not to uh, pump more oil for the U.S. Yeah. Because I don't think they want to, uh, you know, they're, they're concerned as well because uh, you probably remember last August, August 15th, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Russia and Saudis, they, they, they signed a new cooperation agreement. Mm -hmm. So you see that the U.S. is unfortunately losing a lot of power mm -hmm. and i think the 180 million corresponds to nine days of uh, oil consumption mm -hmm. it's not gonna run out in nine days because they're gonna they're gonna uh let out one million barrels uh, a day so yeah. that's gonna be over 180 days but it's only five percent of uh u.s oil consumption yeah and uh i read that article the analysts from like jp morgan and other mm -hmm. trading uh, energy trading companies they're saying that they're going to have to buy those uh, a lot of those barrels back because they mm -hmm. need to keep the reserves up yeah. so that's only going to make the price even higher next year and the year after they're predicting like 150 uh yeah 130 or even 150 dollar a barrel yeah. oil mm. next year yeah that's and interesting I yeah, and I think Putin, uh, sorry, not Putin, Biden did that last <laughs> year. He released some oil reserves. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a correction down, but, you know, I, I think oil was around 70. And look what, where, where we're now. Yeah. I, I think he's just trying to, uh, he's desperate about the uh, elections. Yeah. Now, and I, so as you're explaining that article there, you know, one thing that came to my mind is that, okay, you know, you're depleting our reserves now. And so like my little rant last night while I was talking about how it wouldn't surprise me that you know de depleting our reserves plays into that going green then at some point later if there's a hiccup they can say you know we're, we're suffering from energy we need to now do the next step as and a part of this whole destruction of civilization and in, in, in general and of course this whole you know open up our reserves is a part of that equation because if you deplete our country then now we're in desperate we're in desperate times even more so now it's that next step or whatever the great reset agenda really yeah. is so once again I, I take everything with a little grain of salt because it doesn't help us whatsoever especially them having shut down the pipelines before and trying to close down all the you know prior oil infrastructures to go carbon neutral and all that crap come on now the world runs on energy and these guys are already you know ruining it so yeah <sighs> okay anyway so for those tuning in definitely thoughts and thoughts ideas suggestions we'll keep it going lots of things to touch on um and so outside of uh what's kick this week off with the Russian Central Bank getting in the gold game, buying, you know, gold well under spot price, might I add. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. And then also to move further along, looks like, you know, India has decided to participate in this shift by working directly with Russia. And I think that's, you know, the attempt country by country and they're all brick nations. And so the friendly nations will get the most love up front. And then the unfriendly nations have to pay the price, either rubles or possibly gold. So, um, before we move forward, forward, what are your thoughts on the initial quasi peg of that 5,000 rubles to one gram of gold that they're yeah. willing to buy? Why that? What are you thinking? Well, you know, initially the price was around in terms of dollars was yeah. 1550 because you always think of the price of golden dollars. But right. I think the fact that uh, the Russian central bank is actually didn't even mention the dollar, just said one gram of gold is 5,000 rubles. I think that was a really good move. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's also uh, led to a strengthening of the ruble as well. Yeah. And uh, yes, um, I think it's a, a really in, uh, clever move, as I said, mm -hmm. but uh, it will be interesting to see the, the stronger the ruble gets. Yeah. It's dropped from like a high, the dollar was like at 165. Now it's in the low 80s. So the, the stronger the ruble gets, uh, the, the price that peg 5,000 for one gram doesn't change, yeah. but the, the dollar price changes. And, and so it, it, it will uh, be interesting to see if we go, you know, to 70, as I said earlier, yeah. and, and that translates to over $2,000 and, and we're still at 1900. Uh, you could see uh, a lot of gold start flowing from the West, people buying, you know, from the West at yeah. 1900, selling 
to Russia for the equivalent of 2,200 because they're going to sell it for rubles. Mm -hmm. But and, and then you might ask, you know, what are they going to do with those rubles? Well, they're going to buy the other all the other stuff that Russia has, yeah. like wheat, metals, uh, gas, oil. So it's a really interesting move. Uh, I have to say, it, it, you know, we are speculating and we are making a lot of assumptions. I think it's still going to take a lot of time to right. to see what plays out. Yeah, I do agree. And so as you're speaking, just going through some of the just the the the, the changes over the last. Let me see here. So I just inverted. Let me go back here. I inverted the, you know, whatever. So the ruble to USD. And so as of now, so March 8th was that turning point where it was at an all time low against the dollar at 150 or whatever point zero zero seven, And then literally that was the opening of what I call the opening of the or the, the, the turning of the monetary tides in a sense, because now there's another way of pricing energy, especially from Russia. And from that moment on, the ruble, as you mentioned, just continued to, you know, gain strength up to the dollar to where it's like, wow, like this. Let, let me know because you know my history is not that great but has there ever been in your opinion a turning point like this uh utilizing another currency for energy as well as possibly other world resources fertilizers things like that because i all factored in there we're only hearing about you know the cost of energy in ruble terms so has there ever been another turning point in such a, a timely fashion that you're aware of well you know saddam hussein tried um, mm. to price his oil in euros mm. and right. we saw what happened to him we saw um uh, Qaddafi, right. he tried to uh, set up a, a gold dinar for all the uh, African nations, and we right. saw what happened to him. Uh, I guess, I think uh, in Brazil, they had like a commodities exchange in mm -hmm. the 90s or 80s, and they did trade some of coffee and other stuff in Brazilian currency, but that, that never took hold. Yeah. But uh, I guess you have to go back to, uh, you know, early 1900s uh, mm -hmm. where things traded in sterling um mm -hmm. so it, it's a big uh, big change yeah. you know and, and I, I, yeah and i uh yeah so i i you know man i was attempting to further my monetary literacy by going back into time just to get a better sense as to the transition that occurred uh out of the um the sterling and so I was actually doing a little homework on my side just because, as I always mentioned, you know, the similarities, we can learn a lot from history. And so this is just the old change of the monetary order. But I've actually gone back and looking at how World War One was a turning point because oh, yeah. gold, whenever gold flows, power shifts. And I was looking at some of the uh, I guess I, mean, I can probably dive deeper, but. It was one of the uh, – I mean, man, let me – okay. So, man, you got me excited, Mario. Let me give me – I'm going to show you something real quick that uh, I didn't get a chance to rant on, but it's it's about um, – yeah, let me pull it up real quick. So, here, copy image. Let me show you guys, show you something that – and I was reading some of just you know, going, going through history books, and I was diving in, and here's something that popped up in my little bootleg studies, but just the, how gold – during this moment began changing. So of course, World War One kicked things off and then the Federal Reserve uh, shortly thereafter. And then uh, at the same time, all the gold was flowing from the UK. And I got some articles talking about how there was even a moment where the chancellor of the Enrique, I can't pronounce the word, but Enrique or whatever, some guy was talking about confiscating UK, uh, the gold sovereigns and saying it was patriotic to turn it in and things like that. So those are things I never heard about in history. Yeah. And so it just was, I was I was blown away when well, I was you know you know I, I think um, prior to uh, World War this episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Or one, mm -hmm. yet the sterling was the major reserve currency. But right. I don't know if, if there's someone's made a really interesting little like uh, film about reserve currencies, mm -hmm. and it goes, it, it shows the uh, weightings going yeah. back to like uh, I think 150 years or so. And uh, just before World War One, mm -hmm. it was like 40 percent of uh, world reserves were in sterling, mm -hmm. 20 percent in French francs. 
18% in Reichsmarks or Deutschmarks. Yeah. And the uh, interesting thing was that uh, those currencies were all backed by gold. We were on a gold standard. Right. So uh, you could even say that it was kind of a multipolar uh you know, monetary system, even though we say sterling was the major reserve. Mm -hmm. But if uh, France had 20% and, and Germany 20%, it was relatively equal. And then with World War One and World War Two, <laughs> that basically ruined Europe because yeah. Europe had and America made like a bandit because none of those wars hit America in terms of uh, the country itself. Right. Yes, Americans were died in World War One and World War Two, but uh, American business and industry uh, did really well. Right. And, and then that's why Bretton Woods, the, the U.S. had uh, about 60% of the world's gold reserves. And that's why the dollar became the major reserve currency. But I think now we're going to move to, yeah, the ruble will be important, but I, I think uh, there will be uh, several major reserve currencies like the ruble, uh, I don't think it would be as big, mm -hmm. but the yuan, the euro, and the dollar. Uh, whether the, the dollar and the euro are gonna like play the game, it, it, it uh, remains to be seen. But I think they should. Right. Um, I think yeah. It, I think it will be in the best interest of uh, on behalf of the people to give us options and alternatives. But yet, once again, we know you know uh, was it was what's the, what's the word what's the saying? Uh, absolute power creates absolute corrupt. Power. Uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. So it's like, okay, so knowing that they don't want to give any of that up. So, you know, the fact mm -hmm. that Jerome Powell, now his little press conference a couple months ago, mentioned that there is a possibility of having two. You know, so he said two. He didn't say three, four, five. <laughs> so we'll find out. But it, it definitely will challenge everything on this side. Yeah. Of, you know, but uh, you sent me something today that Elizabeth Warren wants to set up a central bank digital currency. Yeah. And, and the same thing is uh, going on here in the UK. So uh, I think this is a, a desperate move. It's not mm -hmm. going to work uh, because uh, central bank digital currency is basically a, it's basically a, a straitjacket on the people. <laughs> it's not going to be real money. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to pan out. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, the e-cash legislation that was thrown out this past week? Yeah, I think you sent that. I think uh, you sent that to me last week. Yeah, here is so this. Uh, no, no, this, this. I think this was released early this week. So on March twenty eighth, four representatives came out with the Electric Currency and Security Hardware Act, which is said e cash, and ultimately it's the it's coming from the Treasury. So they're saying the Treasury are the ones, the Secretary of Treasury, to develop and pilot digital dollar uh, technologies that replicate the privacy respecting features of physical cash and in order to promote greater financial inclusion, maximize consumer protection and data privacy. So this is from the yeah. treasury. So I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> buy that at all. You know, you can never you always go whatever politicians, because it is the treasury politicians, whatever they say, you know, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to make it, you know, oh, and I don't know what's going to – I think the only uh, solution or alternative we have, mm -hmm. yes, unfortunately, we might have to have an exposure to this central bank digital currency to pay for things. But if if you're able, if you have some uh, savings and uh, money set aside, maybe take it out of the system and keep it out of the system. You mm -hmm. might have to, like, uh, put it back into the system, but – yeah, I, I think it's a really bad thing, this central bank digital currency. Right, I agree. And, you know, thumbing through this a little bit, I did a little rant earlier in the week, but when it came out, it caught my attention because when I was reading through this, this is the actual piece of legislation in its entirety explaining what's going on. And it says, what is e-cash? And then the very first thing is legal tender. And hmm. so as of right now, with the CBDC talk, Fed coin, whatever, that's, whatever that version is called, it doesn't have that legal tender, you know, status yet. So they need some legislative approval for that but then if you had this conversation with the e-cash or the fed coin or whatever versions they want to whoever issues it i think it's all about getting that conversation started yeah. on how to put it before congress to, to go ahead and put something on the books in the form of a digital asset so that it'd be legal tender whoever issues it so i think this is more so about getting that talk yeah. started whether it's now this year next year whatever but you know it's what they want to do because 
you know, they want to definitely have this out, I think, before, you know, the, the, the Russia officially pulls the plug yeah. and the world runs officially from the dollar. So, yeah. I and and uh, I mean, the only money or currency that needs to have legal tender behind it is like not real money. It's fiat money, fiat right. currency. Uh, there, If you go back to, I mean, it's uh, a shame that I'm sure there are a few uh Congress people that know about the Constitution, that, you know, everything is set up there. You know, yeah. the, the Mint will coin silver and gold coins. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the problem going back to gold and silver coins. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you go back to the 1800s, for example, there were no legal tender laws. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, people were using Spanish uh, dollars up until the Civil War. So it didn't matter where the coin was from, as long right. as gold and silver. Uh, that's the kind of world I think I'd like to see again. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if uh, I'm using a, a Russian ruble gold coin or a dollar coin. You, you could, you know, it makes things much easier. But that would mean uh, central bankers and politicians would lose control. Right. And, and it's all about control, unfortunately. Right. A hundred percent. And then just to, to add a little bit more to that, here is 31 U.S. Code subsection 5013 talking about legal tender status. And the last time there were some significant changes made to this was when the Federal Reserve note was put into play here, because as we can see, it says United States coins and currency are legal tender for all debts, public and private. Then they put this little new new portion in here, including Federal Reserve notes and circulating notes of Federal Reserve banks and nation banks. And so they're going to have to put, you know, United States coins and currency, you know, comma and digital asset tokens or some crap like that. Then well, they, they, yeah. keep it going. get it. Keep it going. They might still have Federal Reserve notes. People still might use those. Right. Right. But, that's not going nowhere. They're yeah. going to add to it. That's all. So that's what I think the CBD, all this stuff is about initially. But we'll see. But it, we all know it's coming. Um, let's keep it moving, man. Let's get into uh, just more of the whole. Here's our little clip that you commented on how, you know, the pressure is on their concern with uh, how things are playing out. And uh, because of India, U S war warns India not to help Russia undermine the dollar or there'll be consequences. What type of consequences do you think Mario more sanctions or a slap on the wrist or what do you, what uh, do you think? I, I actually, uh, at this point, I don't think the U S will be able to do anything to India mm-hmm. uh, saying that uh, they haven't really helped uh, Ukraine that much since yeah. the Russian invasion. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of talk, and uh, all, all the actions they've taken have backfired, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, the ruble is back to where it was prior to the invasion, and the the significance of that warning is just that if you're a really strong nation, have a strong currency, you don't need to warn people. You know, oh, you're going to undermine my currency. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you go back actually even to 1971, I think John Connolly, the secretary of the treasury, mm-hmm. he was asked uh, at an international conference, oh, uh, you know, uh, what do you think of the dollar? And uh, he said, uh, well, the dollar is our currency, but it's your problem, mm-hmm. you see, because the, he knew that uh, they had nothing. You know, the dollar was the, you know, the Americans could do whatever they wanted. Yeah, uh, but now it's the opposite. It's like it's really low to ask India to help keep the dollar going. I, I just think the way that's how I look at it. Right. It just yeah, seems bro. highly significant. Yeah, here's a, a uh, uh, here's something that we didn't probably think about. You know, a regime change. And so Biden was quoted earlier this week saying that. You know, Putin has to go, or you know, something like that. Like, oh yeah, it was a speech last weekend in yeah. Poland, and then, but then they uh, backtracked on that, and then they on Monday they had this stupid story uh, about Will Smith uh-huh. that oh. dominated uh, everything. So no one really talked about that regime change thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just goes to show that. Uh, President Biden is like not really in charge. The guy is, uh, I mean, the guy should, shouldn't be uh, running. uh, He shouldn't be commander in chief. Uh, And that's the, it's in my personal opinion. He's just a front man. He's a puppet, you know, just, you know, just a a face to put in front of whoever's speaking behind him. Yeah. He he is the, uh, you know, he epitomizes 
the corrupt deep state. He's been in politics for 50 years. You know, they've raked millions and millions of dollars for him, for his family. So he's trying to defend this corrupt, crumbling system, I think. Speaking of which, uh, how he's just basically a front man. So here's an article from his week earlier when he gave a speech. It said Joe Biden spotted using uh, type Q cars to quell flames off the uh, cuff remarks on the Putin. So they showed a picture of him actually looking at his notes and it was well written of like, say this, say this, say this. Don't deviate from those words or, you know, we're going to get in trouble here. (laughs) And so that was funny. Um, But yet. You know, desperate times calls for desperate measures. And what better way to continue the lining the pockets of the Western oligarchs and special interest groups other than sending freshly printed units or digital versions of it to Ukraine? So U.S. is to send another 500 million. They just sent one point something billion. uh, I think it was last week, two weeks ago. But they're sending another 500 million. You know, like. Ukraine better spend that quickly because it won't be that, you know, pretty soon that 500 million won't buy a coffee. <laughs> you know what? And the, and the sad thing is, in my opinion, that this 500 million will not actually reach its way to Ukraine. It's going to be funneled through the Ukraine narrative back into the pockets of those, you know, politicians that got laboratories over there, special interest businesses over there. And I was looking, you know, of course, me, you know, I love to go down rabbit holes. And I was looking at, uh, some of the connections, not beyond just the politicians, children having special interests over there, but a lot of the uh, spouses of the current politicians we have now have have businesses that do business through Ukraine, like logistics companies, you know, things that, you know, shipping pack. I mean, all types of stuff that has nothing to do with energy or anything like that. But they have, you know, bases and stuff in Ukraine. I'm like, I'd imagine some of that 500 is going to filter through those because they're suffering losses. So they're basically trying to, you know, recoup some of those losses with taxpayer funds. So. Yeah. Here we have this foreign aid thing as well. Mm. And I don't know, they send like one or 2% of GDP to, yeah. and, and there's always outrage when, you know, when they try to cut that back, that foreign aid, yeah. and the money in the country, there's yeah. always, you know, a big furore. And it's because of that, because those pounds that go, you know, to the third world or less developed countries, they will flow back into the pockets of, uh, you know, the lobbyists uh, Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, uh, that are close to the politicians. So it's uh, it's corrupt. It's corruption. But uh, now they call corruption or bribing lobbying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to say the least. And then I typed in just, you know, UK, UK aid. And the first thing pops up. Uh, is UK sending lethal aid, not just oh, you know, lethal. fun. It's sending lethal aid to oh, Ukraine. Right. Hmm. So armor, military equipment, da da da. Yeah, well, that's going to come back to the uh, uh, military, uh, co- co- you know, contractors here in the UK. Right. That's all it's going to do. Yeah. So they're basically lining the pockets of the military industrial, pharmaceutical industrial. I mean, you know, yeah. you, how many other industrial complexes are there? <laughs> there Financial. Yeah. There's, there's not a, a precious metals industrial complex. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, more stuff to touch on. Uh, let, what are we going to head next? Let me see. I got, man, so much stuff open up here. Uh, let's just touch on this real quick. Uh, let me see here. This is from your neck of the woods, Mario. What's what's happening on with this one here? Well, because today is the first of April. It's like mm-hmm. the uh, new uh, financial year, and uh, I think from April, a lot of the energy providers, uh, utility providers, they they can raise the prices because we've seen how energy prices and natural gas prices in Europe have gone up, you yeah. know, since September last year, but. <laughs> And it's one of the reasons why a lot of the energy providers went bust because we mm-hmm. had a cap on the prices, but the caps have gone off to as of today. Yeah. So uh, this this is for you and I who have been following this. This is not a surprise, but a lot of people are going to be, you know, uh, going to be hurt. The general yeah. public are going to be hurt. Uh, and, and this this was in the cards even before uh, 2022. But mm-hmm. of course, they're going to blame it. A, a lot on Putin. Yeah. But, uh, and the other thing that's happening now, you, you see a lot of people in the mainstream, even economists, because they're all Keynesians mostly, they're yeah. saying, oh, the chancellor, who's the uh, 
uh, Secretary of the Treasury equivalent, mm-hmm. Chancellor of the Exchequer, yeah. uh, Rishi Sunak. They're saying, oh, he needs to help people more. But the reason we're having uh, inflation, the rising prices, rising cost of living, is because they they basically uh, borrowed 20% of the economy in 2020-21 to keep everyone at home mm-hmm. uh, and not producing. And now they want the government to do more. It's just going to make it worse. But unfortunately, people... Yeah, they, they seem to think this uh, money from the government comes from money heaven or something, you know, that it doesn't come from their pockets. Yeah. So uh, that's the situation. And, and it's not only happening here. I'm sure it's going to happen elsewhere because, unfortunately, the West is uh, still under a, a tight grip of the uh, Keynesian, um, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I guess this is, uh, is this a gentleman you're referring to here? Uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently he's given an extra thousand pounds or something, uh, for some kind, but you know, that thousand pounds will come from the general public. It's like, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, very interesting. And so uh, here's a little cover you said yeah so the energy's bills are gonna finally go up because they were capped Mm -hmm. uh council tax yeah i saw my council tax we received a a, a, like an invoice uh a week or two ago yeah actually our local council tax only went up one or two percent unfortunately i live within greater london Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a mayor of London. It's not the city of London. It's Greater London. It's the guy called um, what's his name? I forgot now. Uh, Imr uh, Khan, Sadiq Khan. Mm-hmm. And last year, the taxes just for London, and I have to pay that as well, went up nine point nine. And this year, they're going eight point nine. So mm-hmm. if if it wasn't for Sadiq Khan, who's bankrupted, you know, transport for London and all these. Uh, actually, our council taxes wouldn't be that bad, mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, people on lower incomes, the general public, they're going to yeah. suffer, and uh, I, I think uh, it's going to get worse. Uh, I don't think uh, we've seen yet the uh, impact of the uh, consequences of what's happened after the uh, uh, invasion of the Ukraine on on food prices and everything things like that yeah ah interesting so let's uh where we at uh let's get into some questions and any thoughts or whatnot you guys want to share so feel yeah. free to throw out some highlights or thoughts or whatever highlight at rethinking dollar sort of stand out we'll try to jump on it but uh let's uh get to some questions and some thoughts and, and speaking of which also i saw somebody mention the price of metals and uh looks like as of right now a little bit of red out there but one thing i've been harping on is that regardless of the actual price we see the activity happening out east will definitely continue to put pressure on the markets that control these prices over here to where it it, it increases the chance of something breaking sooner than later or yeah. or, or the light's going to go out either one i, I saw someone said uh silver at 2505 and then said april april fools but uh, <laughs> yeah i was thinking uh, i think yesterday uh, about what's going on in gold and silver that it's been frustrating. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think uh, everything has its time. Yeah. And at least it, you know, you've, you're building up your community on YouTube and Mm -hmm. I've been building up mine and that, you know, let's say if gold that spiked in 2020, 21 to 10,000 and then come off to like three right now, uh, it would have been really hard to get people on board. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I don't mind. You know, I, I have been stacking for 20 years and it has sometimes been frustrating, but generally it's been a good good way to protect your savings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just gives us a bit more time to get prepared because it's not that gold and silver are going up or have been, been going up or commodities right going up it's all the the dollar and all the currencies that are basically collapsing so it's only a matter of time when Mm -hmm. they totally collapse and when that happens gold and silver are not going to go up right 
look, it will look like they have gone up, but they'll just be real, something real that will still hold their value. And that's how we need to think. Right. Uh, I do agree. I do agree. So that's why I always make at Evernorth Health Services. We believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. About, you know, in my opinion, based upon how I view the monetary, you know, game, you know, gold and silver to me are stable. Now it's just, you know, how we price them in fiat terms. But yeah. I anticipate fluctuations because, you know, the manipulation on top of that. But at some point when it breaks... Or based upon what happens out east, yeah. you're going to see a trajectory. Think, like, uh, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but the the last thing uh, that the fiat currencies will go against will be gold and silver towards mm-hmm. the end. That's why it's at the bottom of Extra's pyramid. <laughs> yeah, good point. Now, watch this just real quick. I saw in the chat somebody threw out something about uh, uh, your chancellor over there, and so I came. I just grabbed this real quick. And it says, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I can talk about that. Yeah. Because uh, we're supposed uh, not to deal with Russia, but his wife, uh, her, her dad is one of the richest men in India. He's mm. worth like uh, billions and billions of dollars. And mm. his company is still dealing with Russia. And his wife is getting, you know, she's got shares in the comp- business. Right. And she's getting money, dividends from that company. And this week, or a yeah, this week someone actually in the mainstream media had him on, on TV and asked him, you know, your wife is benefiting from Russia, mm-hmm. and he said, well, uh, I, it's none of my business. Basically, he said it wasn't <laughs> any of his business. I mean, oh, really? His wife, his wife's money, you know, legally it's his money too. Yeah. You know, it, hey it, man, keep it in so, the hey, they keep it in the family so over there. For man. them, it's okay to keep doing business with Russia, but. For us uh, peons, it's not. Yeah, they uh, to keep it in the family, man. It's like, yeah, it's one. It's like George Carlin said, "Well, George, it's one. It's one big party, and we ain't in it. We ain't in it." Uh, Rolf Steiner is asking if they're British. Well, as you can see, they. I mean, Rishi Sunak was born here, but he's of Indian descent. Yeah, and, and I think uh, his father-in-law is in India. His wife mm-hmm. is India, Indian. So they're like British Indian, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're obviously profiting off of this transition as well, and that's the thing. If the truth was to come out, and I, that's another thing, I saw a little excerpt on the release of what is what, what was the most uh it was the Panama Papers two three years ago. What was the neat? What was the name of the recent you know tranche of papers thrown out there exposing yeah. people's finances? Is it Paradise? I don't know. I forgot. If you, you might know, let us know real quick. But the you know, point yeah. was, it, it was listening a lot of, you know, it had more Russian oligarchs that were, you know, you know smuggling funds, had funds everywhere. And they're trying to use that as a saying that, you know, this shines more light on the corruption in Russia. You yeah. know, that we have to, we have to bring well, that to the light. You know, the conservative party who have been in power here since 2010. Paradise uh, Papers. Yeah. A, a lot of their uh, donors are big Russian business people. Yeah, you know, so but they're not gonna talk much about that. Yeah. Uh so yeah, feel free to throw out some more questions, ideas, thoughts. We'll definitely try to uh you uh talk on it a little bit more. Uh let me see what else is out there. Uh I guess Pandora, Ukraine uh, paper, Ukraine, Ukraine papers. <laughs> Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah. Uh what else you got? India is part of the BRICS. Okay, so it was out there. India is part of the BRICS. Uh, banking system the debt owners are fighting over the debt slaves uh yeah okay now so here's so here is something also that i put out there with recent activity we have russia and china not russia china their interoperable banks situation their car payments is operational it's been that way for a while now india is looking to join forces and do direct transactions with russia you know which country do you think is going to be next and so, would it be South Africa or out of the, just the BRICS? Well, you you told me uh, you showed me an article before we came on the Brazil, Brazil, yeah, having a lot of dollar reserves for you one, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, even the UK could uh, eventually. Mm. I think people have to get on board. 
you know so 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 do you think there's a prop possibility that one of the g7 plus which happens to be the ones in the, in the unfriendly category uh yeah. one of them would jump ship first and join well, in i think so uh, because you know there's a lot of chinese banks still you know in the city of london yeah and uh i think we've uh the city of london's been working with the chinese to uh to trade uh chinese government bonds yeah and, and uh i think the british are always um they will you know do whatever uh, benefits them yeah. and they will deal with anyone right now it seems like uh you know they're like uh when when uh sleepy joe bites the dust you know i think they'll <laughs> they'll, they'll jump ship yeah let me actually let me share with you if you know about a, a visual aid i put together earlier in the week uh showing some of the transitions and i i just mentioned russia reopens the gold window by bringing gold the topic of gold to the forefront again and so at the very bottom i put you know unfriendly countries to the left with some red you know lines showing that you know those are the nations that are expected to pay directly in rubles and then the countries that are labeled friendly they're the ones that got more options they can pay in rubles and of course the china and, and turkey can do currency swaps and then their energy guy mentioned, you know, Bitcoin as well. And then we got the one gram possibly for one barrel at yeah. some point. But yeah, it ultimately puts pressure on all the dollar denominated SWIFT, Fed, the CME yeah. group, LBMA. Yeah. I mean, you name it. The thing is, the friendly countries, a lot of them, they have real things to, to trade with Russia and China. The unfriendly right. countries, all we have really is a lot of debt. Yeah, right. So it's like, you know, they're exporting debt. And the West and the Eastern nations want real things. So yeah. ultimately, as I put as to the far left, it's all about world resources, real world resources and how they how, how they how and what they use uh, to price it in, because mm. obviously they're tired of accepting dollars. Yeah. So. And uh, all this will mean, you know, the dollars will still be around, but it yeah. will just be, you know, uh, Americans will have to start earning um, in order to to consume uh, because right you know for 50 years uh america has been able to just print and buy things mm -hmm. and it looks like uh russia china and a lot of the non you know g7 the a lot of the friendly countries if we want mm -hmm. to call them they they want to trade for real things they've had enough i think they also see that this debt system is on its last legs mm -hmm. and so, another point to, to, to highlight even more what you're talking about in the western world to, to probably even hone in a little bit more the West or the U S or whatever, we haven't really been buying anything. We've been financing it. And so everything in the Western nations, you know, mortgages, yeah, we, credit cards, oh, yeah. car notes, we, ha no we haven't really paid it with real money. We never for paid for years. it. <laughs> yeah. And they've given us real things. And mm -hmm. Now they want, they want proper payment. Pay it's up. like uh, the Piper, <laughs> you know, has come, you know, Come do, yeah. It's it's I'm it's, it's time to collect. And if we want you want something real, or you're gonna use our currency first, and then if you got a problem with that, then just go ahead and just give us something neutral, something real yeah. and long lasting, such as yeah. gold or whatever else. So or silver. Uh yeah, that too. So speaking of which, uh let's just get ready to dial down. We're about that 47 minute mark, Mario. We can talk forever, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we're in the first day of April. What are you foreseeing, Mario, for the rest of this month? What what what's what surprises around the corner that you, you think is possible? A tiger to win the Masters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, surprises. Uh, I don't. It's difficult, <laughs> uh, difficult to say. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's just gonna uh, this uh, ruble uh, get natural gas. This conflict between Russia and Europe and the U.S. is gonna escalate, mm -hmm. and uh, it's gonna continue probably for the next few months. And, and uh, yeah, things are are not going to stabilize. It's just going to get crazier and crazier. Yeah, and hope you know. I, I don't know about you know. I don't want to give targets for prices or anything. Right. But I, I just think we have to keep uh, our weights up, stacking, right. not think too much. I, I know even me, who's been an ardent gold bug for for so many years, uh, I get frustrated sometimes. But we have to always remember that. It's how much weight you have of money that's important. And right. the other thing, like you say, is to uh, be well with yourself and your family, you know, spiritually, keep right. the faith and all that. Right. And, and and you know, so that's, that's a great point there. And another thing is, like, we didn't even, like, not once today did we talk about 
the Federal Reserve, what they said they were going to do within this time frame of dialing back, cutting down, and whatever. Because, like I mentioned, I think we all agree on on this. It's irrelevant at this point because stuff is already happening, you know. And the, on the U.S. side, domestically, uh, real quick, I mean, I think the markets were down. Unemployment, or was it with the, what numbers came out today? I didn't get a chance. Yeah, to they were in before. line. The non-farm numbers. The I think the significant thing today is that the uh, the two uh, to ten yield spread, mm. treasury spread, is definitely inverted now. I I think is the first time since two thousand and eight. So the two year yield is higher than the ten year, and yeah. right now it's by about uh, seven basis points, which is big. So yeah. that's forecasting trouble ahead. For the economy, for the markets, because uh, that's usually a you know a, an inverted yield curve is a bad sign. Yeah, yeah. And let me uh, just real quick, I'll put this on here. Uh, yeah. This, so what you, you can earlier. see the two year there is at two almost two forty five, mm-hmm. and uh, the ten year now. Oh, actually, this is delayed. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is a little old. <laughs> I can share. Uh, I can share where it is with you right now. Hold on, quickly share screen and as always for those tuning in definitely make sure you hit the thumbs up button show your support for the channel and if you're new to the channel go manico 64 on youtube everywhere you can find him he's there and uh oh there we go share uh i don't i don't think it's allowing me to share it Uh, i'll send it it to you the link and uh because that that has changed hold on and the reason why an inverted yield curve is significant is because usually banks, let's say they borrow money, uh, two-year money, mm-hmm. and they take that and they lend uh, 10 years, yeah. 10-year money, and they make a spread. And they keep, uh, you know, and they make a spread. Uh, mm-hmm. But now they, they're they having to borrow, if you scroll up, they're having to borrow uh, short. Oh, oh yeah, right there, yeah, yeah. There, you see. So now we're at uh, 243, the two year, and the 10 years at 237. So now, you know, they can't, don't have that arbitrage of borrowing short, you know, short term paper mm-hmm. and then lending long term. When you lend long term, you receive the interest. So what's the point of borrowing at 243 and lending at 237? Yeah. So what that means, bank profitability will go down and banks won't lend as much and the economy will slow down. Yeah. And therefore, the words of recession have been surfacing more and more and more. But once again, that's just on a local level with our markets here. But then you factor in every other country. Oh, yeah. The response is that's depressionary type stuff could possibly. I think what we're talking about, the bigger picture is much more important. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So uh, very interesting time to say the least. But uh, the good thing is everybody who's tuned in here, they've been well aware. And once again, like I always said before, you know, if you are awake and aware as to what's really going on, you're part of the 1% of people who are at least a step ahead. Like we can't control everything around us, but yet we can try to shield ourselves as best as we can, knowing that, of course, there will be pain no matter what. Everybody's going to go through some adjustments moving forward. But that's where I think, uh, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of things come into play because, you know, the Lord already knew this. So it wasn't nothing new to him. And he's going to take care of his own like he always has. So, all right, people, uh, we're at that 50-minute mark. And so we'll be on our normal time, but it was just – great stuff we tried to cover hope you guys found value in this stuff here uh as i always mentioned you know do the best you can stay pray it up get your weight up water calories up you know what time it is be blessed be safe and of course as i mentioned manico 64 go check them out youtube and uh yeah see you guys next week we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about peace peace